get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games oh it's that time of year it feels so good as we look towards the labor day classic and while the riders are rolling a little bit coming off a big win and now a bye week to be fresh to take on the blue bombers winnipeg has won five straight games and well things are just looking good for winnipeg what's going on everybody welcome inside bonfire midweek my name is darren bombing let's bring in the man uh to uh like no further ado zach schnitzer how are you my friend parts unknown west hawk lake where, where are you joining uh-huh. us from I'm from West Hawk, buddy. It's beautiful out here. You can start. You can see the the fall colors starting to creep in. But hey, I got a beef with you. You you called me the man, which I appreciate. But you you add some monikers to our friend Chris Walby, the man, the myth, the legend. I never get myth or legend. I take just one of two, buddy. Come on. It would have to be myth, <laughs> right? <laughs> a legend in my own mind come on yeah well you know uh i know all the fire starters out there are are happy to see you and uh we are happy to see everybody out there in the live chat what's going on Uh, seeing scott and sandy and brian charlie oh how about that big beaver jerry is here yeah how about that good to see from big beaver saskatchewan 50-year Bomber fan living in Ryderville. Wonder if you'll be at the game, Big Beaver Jerry. Got your uh, your your voicemail the other day. Haven't been able to figure out how to play it on here yet, but that's okay because while we all want to hear from you and, and everybody in the live chat, we are going to hear today on the show from quarterback Zach Kolaris, who, if you follow me on Twitter, I kind of teased, said he's still pissed off, still still mad about stupid mistakes that he made last week in Calgary. We're also going to, uh, I'll share with you guys my one-on-one conversation with the CFL's leading rusher, Brady Oliveira. Zach, you and I, well, what are you and I going to be up to today? Well, we got to, we got to get to a, we got to get around the league, buddy. You got to talk about what happened in week 12. You've got a bombers practice update. I know you were there today and uh, I got to do my sober second thought. And then we're going to get to our mid-season awards, my friend. It's the, it's, you know, it's the midpoint. It's Labor Day. It's when things get fired up here. Uh, it's freaking Labor Day. I'm excited. I love watching Labor Day Classic. And especially since we've won two in a row, uh, going for the three-peat. The three-peat. Yes, we deserve at least one three-peat. So we're going to talk about mid-season awards for the Bombers. And then we're going to debate... Should the Bombers be number one in the power rankings or should it be the Argos? And then, of course, we're going to get to our picks, buddy. Yeah, our picks for uh, SIA.com slash bonfire. And uh, yes, well, sir. we'll we'll see how we did. H- hang around uh, for that. Well, you know what? L- let's get right into it. Uh, at Blue Bombers practice today, we did see, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tease you guys. Stick around after the, the Zach Kolaris interview. Uh a little bit of an update on Tiadric Hansen, linebacker Malik Clements, Janarian Grant spotted at practice today. Was he on the field? Was he practicing? Hang on. We'll let you know uh, in just a second, but uh, let's hear from quarterback 
Zach Kolaris, who, um, you know, has just shown so much resiliency this year to play football through the bad, through the good, and ultimately help this Blue Bombers team to a nine and two record. Uh, so let's hear from, uh, from the Blue Bombers quarterback. Do you have Labor Day memories that stick out for you? Labor Day games? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about it in a while, I guess. But, uh, yeah, dating back to my time in, in Toronto and Hamilton, you know, those Labor Day games were always big. And, and obviously, you know, I, the year that I was there in Sask and, and ever since I've been here, I think the, uh, you know, you, you truly feel the magnitude of the game, you know, within the two provinces. And uh, it's just really a, a special environment every every time we get together. And, uh, and, again, especially on Labor Day, it's awesome. When you say you feel the magnitude, how do you how do you feel it? You know, I think during the week, you know, everybody's got a little, you know, pep in their step, and uh, you see people around town, and um, you know, everybody's very friendly here and, and says hello, anyways. But it's a, uh, you know, hey, it's Labor Day, let's go. You know, it's uh, we're playing SAS, so it's a, uh, it's a big deal. Obviously, it's it's a great environment out there in SAS. The fans are, are really good, and uh, it's gonna take a great effort by us. But uh, it, you know, the adrenaline's definitely gonna be picked up for sure. Playing the Labor Day game in Regina as a bomber versus say week two. Uh, playing in Regina as a bomber, different, the same. I think it's different. You know, um, again, it, it is a, a really good fan base. Um, they're loud. Uh, really proud of their team. Um, but, but again, I'm, I'm sure they'll have no uh, no problem getting people in the seats out there for this one. And uh, again, it's just a special day, you know, not just in the CFL but all of Canada. So it's uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Do the fans let you skate a little bit because you used to be a rider, or do they hate you because you're a bomber? Like that wasp, apparently. They probably hate me, but it is. It is. <laughs> Sorry, I've been on like every side of this thing, you know, so it's all good. <laughs> what's been the key to shrugging off the you know, interceptions and particularly the pick sixes? And just, you know, playing, uh, just taking it one play at a time. You know, that plays over, it's in the past. You know, obviously you never want to put your team in a hole, um, you know, which I did, you know, last week. But, uh, again, the guys rallied around me um, and uh, we were able to string some drives together and, and make some big plays for touchdowns, which was big. When you were a younger quarterback, would that have been a lot more uh, I think if I, uh, you know, didn't have the guys around me like I have now, you know, the, the maturity of the room, um, it would probably make it more difficult. But uh, myself personally, I'd, I'd like to think that I could, you know, flush it and go to the next play. It's, it's kind of what I've been you know, taught as a, a quarterback or as, a, as an athlete my entire life was to do that. So uh, I just think we have a really good group, uh, all three all three phases, and, and that's what made it, uh, you know, able to attain and accomplish. Do you really flush it? Do you really forget it? Because Mike, you know, said afterwards, you're the kind of guy that you yeah, I'm still pissed about it. I'm still mad about it, honestly. You know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about the rest of the year. I've got to think about the rest of the year. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, next I, season probably. Honestly. You know what I mean? What yeah, I'm, like, I'm not kidding. You, know, you are okay. You, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you are. You're dead. I just you know just stupid stuff. When you do stupid things, you know, and you play the game in your head all throughout the week, you know, you spend a lot of time. At least we do in our room. You know, we walk the call sheet every morning. We walk it at night, whether it's first down, second down. The red area, you know, all those things, uh, all the situations, you know, you go through you know, the first play of the game was, was a, a four by two, an empty play. And you kind of go through all the scenarios of what they can play, what they can give you, what they can take away. Uh, the stick concept with the field and the hitch concept with the, to the boundary. And they kind of did that. And, uh, you know, you, you, you walk through it and you say, hey, I, I got to burn the ball here. And then you go out and do something stupid like that and put your team in a hole uh, quickly. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a shitty feeling. Um, I wanted to ask you about Brady Oliveira and what you've seen in him from last year hitting 1,000 yards for the first time in his career to, you know, the numbers that he's clearly putting up off the charts. I mean, Brady, Brady uh, I think it's been the same, you know, since he's 
started playing, but he just continues to grow and to mature and, and into a professional. You know, not saying he wasn't a professional before, but I think he's just he's found a routine that works for him. You know, whether that's at practice or in the weight room or in the training room or how he watches film, how he interacts with his teammates. You know, all those things. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's always a calming presence in the huddle. You never have to worry about if he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's, he's a true pro. And uh, obviously the talent there speaks for itself, and, and his toughness always shines through. Um, you know, whether he's picking up a, a Mike linebacker or he's, he's hitting the hole there on a, a second and two or, or a, a situation in the fourth where we need the first down, um, he never backs down. I've had people ask me about um, how defenses approach you guys when you have a run game that is as effective as it is, and you obviously have the... Uh, receiving weaponry around you. Do you see defenses maybe having to be more honest because of how you can, you can kind of No, I, I don't know about that. I think the way that we run our offense is, is, is different than a lot of teams do. Um, so we do see uh, different, uh, we see pictures here. We do see a lot of different coverages. Um, and, and I'm sure defensive coordinators may argue that if, if I'm saying that. But it just seems... Uh, you know, some of the situations where we're, we're passing the ball, we get some different looks than what we prepared for during the week, and we usually do a pretty good job of adjusting to it as the game goes on. But, uh, you know, we haven't been a team that drops back 45 times in a game, and you consistently see a four-man rush, and you consistently consistently see a, uh, a cut look into the boundary and a, you know, a four or a hold look to the field. We, we just don't get a ton of that. Um, I think we need to get good at that and, and, and be able to play a game like that, you know, in, in games where we uh, do get behind. But... Um, yeah, I think we, you know, Buck does a really good job preparing us all week long. The coaches do, and uh, we kind of, we kind of play our game. So um, I can't remember exactly what you asked me, but we do see some different, different things, you know, based on what we like to do. But you're right, the, the talent we have a receiver, in my opinion, is off the charts, and uh, you know, we can be dangerous, you know, with with Brady and all of our backs, and, and handing the ball off to our offensive line, or uh, you know, pushing the ball downfield. So is it an obvious that game planning and strategy changes when you play the same team two weeks in a row? Um, you're talking about th these guys here. Uh, you know, some teams do what they do. Some teams, you know, like last, you know, last week they kind of throw a different, you know, curveball at you um, week by week. Uh, you know, Shad's always been a guy who's done a really good job of mixing things up. Um, I think his guys understand what they do, you know, from a coverage standpoint. You know, whether it's the various zones that they'll cycle through, some of their match type principles, and then obviously getting after the passer when it's man coverage. Um, they're really well coached, and uh, he does he does a really good job mixing it up. So, you know, I don't anticipate you know it going from you know A to Z week to week with him. But I, I think he you know I know he does a really good job and has a really good feel for the game and kind of calling it from the gut uh, of what the moment is, what the situation is. So you always got to be ready for that kind of stuff. Just quickly back to what we were talking about before. Are you pissed off in the moment, or are you pissed off more after the game when you're thinking about it? I'm just always pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> That's Darren. <laughs> Zach Kolaris, uh always pissed off. He jests. Uh, Love you that. Know, his, his media availability uh, following day one of practice at IG Field today. Uh, what are your What are your takeaways from that, Zach? I just love the guy, man. Like he's always pissed off. I, he just the way he jokes around. He's he's funny. He's uh, but he's telling the truth. Like he's. Mm -hmm. it, it's like a, it's like that wasp is continually stinging him based on those plays from last <laughs> week. And as a fan, you kind of like hearing that, right? Like I'm thinking, yeah, you should be pissed off. That was a bad play. That first pick six, especially to Tyrell Richards, that was his first pass of the game, but you'd like him to be pissed off about that and to use it as fuel, as juice yeah. to come out and lay a spanking on his old team, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, I love it. I want to hear more of it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just 
that's the type of player you want leading your team, right? That's the type of player that guys can rally around and it's not a rah-rah thing. It's a lead by example thing that he can make a stupid mistake on the field and then go throw a touchdown, you know, yeah. he can flush it. Uh, and then brutally honest, like he was right there saying, yeah, of course I'm still pissed off about it. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be thinking about it next year. Right. He's, he's enjoying, um, or, or I should say we can enjoy somebody who is, is just brutally honest that like, Hey, I made a mistake. I make mistakes and I'm not going to let it affect me on the field, but I'm also not going to pretend like I'm not thinking about it. Right. I think that's yeah. such a good thing. Yeah. Guys, guys can say, Hey, I can make a mistake too, but I sure don't want to. Yeah. Well, and, and I could tell him he, he kind of, he's, uh, he's, it looks like he's having a little bit of fun with the media too. Like, it seems like he's a guy who's been in front of the camera so many times that he's just like, he he's kind of almost bored of it. <laughs> like, he's just like, okay, what are you guys going to ask me today? Is that, is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, he he's somebody that uh like he's incredibly intelligent. Incredibly intelligent individual, yeah, right? And obviously a talented yeah. athlete and great quarterback and all all of those things. Um but I think it's the very very intelligent, like both mentally intelligent and emotionally intelligent individuals that do have fun with the media like that. Are tongue in cheek, yeah. are playful, yeah. uh, are light because they're confident in themselves and they also know that while they might be talking to reporters and some athletes don't like talking to reporters because they think they're, you know, the enemy or they're going to, you know, uh, you know, put salt in a wound or twist their words or whatever. But the ones that are very, very intelligent and insightful, I think, realize that the media for what they are a conduit to the fans. So when they ask questions that bring up, you know, crummy times, making you know, a bad pass or an intercept, whatever, it's let's be honest. Let's be, uh, you know, playful about this and, and, you know, have a back and forth. That was, uh, Kolaris having a back and forth with, uh, Hammy, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg free press. And, right. Um, you know, I, I think it speaks volumes about the, the type of individual Kolaris is people should be pretty proud that, um, you know, not just, Oh yeah, he's a great quarterback, but you got a guy like that. Uh that's that's something to be proud of too. Oh, for sure, man. I I I just love the guy and and he I, he just he holds himself so accountable, right? Like he he is eating it. He's willing to say to, to say to people, "Yeah, I screwed up big time. It feels shitty. I'm mad." And yeah. uh you know he's going to come out with a vengeance next time because it'll fuel him. So just love it. Just love it. But it was funny when he, you know, you asked about Labor Day, he's like, he's been part of Toronto, he's been part of Hamilton, he's been part of Saskatchewan, now he's part of Winnipeg, like, he's heard these questions so many times before, and he's like, yada, 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 get on with it, yeah, that. <laughs> get, get this, in his career, Zach Kolaris, in Labor Day games, in his CFL career, 6-0, and three wins with Hamilton, one with the Riders, and two with the Blue Bombers. In those six games, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, and in half of those games, threw for 300-plus yards. And in one of wow. those 300-yard games, he had 400 yards in 2015 with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Just unbelievable. 
uh, seems to turn it on in that, you know, quote unquote, unofficial second half, uh, the real season in the CFL. Uh, do want to mention and, and hang tight, everybody. If you haven't yet hit that thumbs up, uh, Zach and I are going to go around the league. He'll have his sober second thought. We are going to talk about, um, the, uh, the Winnipeg blue bombers and if they should be number one in the power rankings, or should it still be the Toronto Argonauts who have kind of been wire to wire so far? Uh, we'll hand out our mid-season awards as well. All Bombers players, uh, Winnipeg's uh, mid-season awards. But do want to draw attention right now to Brenda Bournes and Event Strategy Productions. They provide full-service event planning, production, and marketing. Have an idea? Got an event coming up? Brenda and her team will take care of it all from marketing, promotion and sales to full scale event production and everything in between. Get ready with event strategy productions. We know what you were thinking and uh, you can connect with Brenda at brendabournes.ca. And uh, welcoming Brenda along uh, here to uh, the Bonfire family. Great to uh, to have her, and uh, she's going to be doing some work for us as well. But uh, you know, uh, nice nice to have her as a supporter of the channel, and uh, you know, uh, support us by supporting her. So if you know somebody that uh, you know needs a little bit of marketing uh, help or some um, you know strategy, some communications, uh, you're putting on an event, a fundraiser, uh, you know, a charity event, uh, a private event. It doesn't matter. Uh, Brenda can help you. BrendaBorns.ca. And, uh, I'll be sure to put her, the link to her new website, uh, up in, um, or in the video description below, if you're watching this, uh, afterwards, but BrendaBorns.ca. Brenda Borns, I should talk to her about my daughter's bat mitzvah. It's only four years away, Darren. There you uh, go. She knows start, some people. We gotta start she knows planning. some people. Yeah, I bet she does. I, I gotta yeah. talk to her, you know, what should we do for this uh, signature moment in our daughter's young life. That is pretty cool. It's gotta be good. It's already Congrat getting stressed. Early congratulations. And mazel. <laughs> mazel tov. Um, okay. Let, let's get into, uh, do you want to go around the league? Let's go around. Yeah, the let's league. do a quick around the league. Yeah. See so before what happened we, we do week. our, our uh, mid season awards and, and that sort of thing. Uh, let's, let's go around the league. Here we go. I finally got it lined oh, up. Oh, but here. we, we got it. We got to hear from Brady too, right? Yeah, got a one-on-one with with Brady Oliveira as well. Yeah, so you, hang yeah, tight for that. We, we kind of talk. You're we talk man. on the field. We talk off the field. We talk about him leading the league in rushing. What's working for him there? But uh, also just you know some of the charity work that he does and and uh, his approach. Um, you know how he was raised here in Winnipeg, right? Making him into the the guy he is. It's a it was a pretty good uh, a pretty good conversation. But uh, see if a week twelve was a weird one, Zach. Really weird. Um, because uh, the the Blue Bombers, do I got this right? Oh yeah, I got it. Okay, uh, the you know the 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 wildness of this week was maybe highlighted by the Edmonton Elks getting a second straight win and first at home in years. Uh, the Argonauts putting up a pretty valiant fight for a win against the Calgary Stampeders, the lions losing for a, uh, two, a second straight game. And they have lost three of four 
going all the way back to that Blue Bombers beatdown at IG Field, that is Winnipeg's beatdown of BC, not the one in week three where it was the uh, the other way around. Um, and the Bombers really rolled um, uh, against the Montreal Alouettes. Yep. Yeah, the, the I think I think the Argos Calgary game was probably the best one of the weekend. Everyone was talking about that. It was tied, I think, at 31-31, which is, you know, a huge score, 62 points combined uh, until Javon Leak brought it back for the touchdown. Uh, something we'll talk about later when we debate our power rankings um, because special teams has really been a strength of the Argos. And now Javon Leak has four kick return touchdowns this year. So he's really lighting it up as is yeah. their blocking schemes, right? Just a, a crazy talent. And, and the way he's been able to turn it on lately uh, is something as well. Um, Chad Kelly uh, still trails Zach Kolaris in uh, the CFL passing uh, charts. Obviously, Vernon Adams Jr. missing some time with injury, uh, you know, kind of put him uh, back a little bit. But 361 yards through the air for Chad Kelly in this game. And uh, dear... Uh, Darius, is it Darius Coxey? Gosh. Demetrius, I think, or something like that. Yeah, but it is Coxey. Uh, led the yeah. way with uh, 102 yards. Um, Cam Phillips had uh, probably one of, I, I would say probably one of his most productive games uh, in the CFL with uh, four catches for 63, uh, but really spread the ball out as you can uh, see there. Um, now, Calgary is, is interesting. Suddenly, uh, Jake Mayer decides to ball out and go four touchdowns, no picks and 387 yards. We talk often, Zach, about, uh, you know, players, whether they're reading their own press clippings or, or that sort of thing. Uh, maybe Jake Mayer was reading the press clippings, uh, criticizing him of just not throwing the ball downfield. That didn't stop him, uh, from really, utilizing Reggie Bagleton to a degree of nine catches for 203 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Well, yeah. And Mayer is an interesting one, right? Because we beat them 1918. He throws that horrible pick to, uh, to Mario Houston, although Houston made a great play on the ball. Um, but he's a guy who can really sling it for almost 400 yards. And then other games he's throwing picks and throwing balls into the dirt. But I think it, it, Again, it speaks to the power rankings thing. The Argos are vulnerable to the pass. I, I looked at the stats today, and I believe they were, uh, you know, one of the worst teams against the pass, even though they have a good defense. Um, so they're vulnerable that way. And, of course, that's something that the Bombers can exploit. Unfortunately, we only play them once. In Win We were talking about this in Winnipeg, right? So even if the Bombers narrowly beat them, there's still going to be questions like, who is the better team? Like, we don't get to play them in Toronto, which is always a tough place to play for Bomber fans, as we know. But, yeah, it was a it was a spectacular game. And I'm sure Calgary fans and CFL fans in general are hopefully, um, you know, they're hoping that Mayor can be a little more consistent. Yeah, they, they definitely need him to be more consistent. They are in the midst, of course, of that uh, kind of hellacious stretch of games where they have BC, Toronto, Winnipeg, uh, I think, and Toronto twice. It's like those three teams in each of their yeah. next uh, four games. And as you see up on the screen there, the Stampeders begin their Labor Day uh, back-to-back -back with the Edmonton Elks. And it's just amazing 
to say that if Edmonton can win a third straight game and Calgary, um, you know, they, they have struggled at home this year, uh, for the most part, uh, that Edmonton can leapfrog them in the standings. And suddenly the team that we thought was dead and buried, you know, for the most part, uh, is suddenly ahead of the Calgary Stampeders. It would, just, that would be something I'm looking forward to that game on Monday. Well, and, and, you know, and it was nice to see Edmonton win at home. It was, it was great. And Trey Ford, I think now two weeks in a row is the pro football focus top quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really exciting for Edmonton. I'm, I'm thrilled for them. I'm thrilled we beat them and came back from 22 nothing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also thrilled, not equally, but close. I'm also thrilled that they're beating teams. They're not a basement dweller. They're not 0 and 11. Now they're 2 and 9. Yep. And they have a chance to leapfrog Calgary on Labor Day in Calgary. As you said, Calgary doesn't play well. It's it's exciting. It's exciting, and Trey Ford is exciting. He runs, he throws. You know, he's he he does it all. Yeah, three hundred seventeen yards passing, uh, added seventy four on the ground. Touchdown through the air, touchdown with his wheels, and uh, Gino Lewis, uh, his I believe second game back after uh, spending a lot of time on the injured list to start the year, uh, had a just phenomenal deep touchdown grab where he shook yeah. the defender after the catch and uh just kind of trotted in uh oh so uh humbly i will put for arguably the best uh you know most talented receiver uh in the cfl J- uh dustin crumb uh no crumb back in this game had 172 through the air uh demetrius williams had 84 yards um uh, on the ground as uh, they they really tried to utilize the run game, uh, did the Ottawa Red Blacks, but they're a flawed team. They are a very, very flawed team. And uh, Edmonton, I mean, hey, the, the, let's not bury the lead here. Getting their first win uh, in 30 games or whatever it was at, uh, at Brickfield at Commonwealth uh, was really, really something. Um, Want to draw attention to this game, Hamilton at BC, as nobody expected the Ticats to win this game, let alone cruise to a 30-13 to victory. Taylor Powell, 18 of 23 passing. Incredible. Yeah. 222 yards, had a touchdown, clean as far as, uh, you know, turning the ball over. James Butler was a beast with 118 yards on the ground. Um, and 36 through the air, uh, you know, Vernon Adams Jr. Put up the yards, 326, uh, Keon Hatcher led the way with 107. Uh, that was the game high, but Zach, you know, for whatever reason, Hamilton just looked like a completely different team. And my theory, I was talking about this with Hustler on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk today. My theory is like, you know, where did this come from for Hamilton? Well, you notice Scott Milanovic is now the offensive coordinator. And suddenly, even with a third string quarterback, the Ticats look like a completely different team. They look dangerous offensively. They're running the ball. We talked about this earlier. I think Tommy Condell was was out ousted because he doesn't he didn't have a balanced attack. They weren't running the ball, and they paid all this money to James Butler. It's uh, it's kind of political there. Like you're paying this uh, marquee running back all this money, and you're not use- using him. Well, it's easier to replace Tommy Condell than replace James Butler. And mm-hmm. here he do- here he goes off on his former team for over a hundred yards. 
Uh, great, great for Hamilton. You know, you don't want to, like, you want to see parody in the CFL. I want to see the Bombers kick the crap out of everybody every week. Maybe some squeakers <laughs> on the road just for fun to keep the ticker uh, on its edge. But, but honestly, it's fun to see, like, nobody thought that would happen in Hamilton. That's what's, that's what makes the CFL so great that a team can go in who has lost a bunch of games in a row and they can beat, you know, we talk about Toronto. Uh, Winnipeg and BC being in the top tier, they can beat a top tier team and not just beat them, spank them, right? Mm -hmm. 30 to 13. Yeah. No, it's really something. Uh, It's uh, Gregory Liverpool asking, does uh, event strategy productions and Brenda Bournes do weddings? Mm. He really wants to know because he's been in the live chat. He's asked two or three times now. Has Uh, he really? I have no Do we need to know something, Greg? If you want to know something, it's that Brenda can do anything. So you contact her, brendaburns.ca. Um, you know what? I'll pull it up one more time. Just so you guys have it. Uh, you can connect with her, brendaburns.ca. Uh, I have no doubt she could do a wedding for you. I'm sorry to bring yeah. it back as I caught you mid on there, Zach. You caught me mid on, but I thought I was going to sneak that in. You know, I got up at six with a little rug rat, uh, oh. you know. You and then you get gotta, out in the yeah, forest. Got, you can't just like open the back door and let them run around the yard, right? You gotta no. You gotta I, keep we, an eye on we them when were you're out, We were out in the forest by seven a.m. as soon as it was light out because he he's just an animal inside, Darren. But if you but in in the forest, it's his natural element. Or just walking around the neighborhood, he's just an outside kid. Like it just calms him down. I'm sure it's not unlike other two year olds, but. Nobody cares about my son's vicissitudes. Like, let's let's get back to the CFL. Well, I was going to uh, say, you know, if you need a little energy punch, you can have a cup of coffee. You know, you can have a Red Bull yeah. or whatever if that if that's your thing, or you can hear from the number one Canadian for my dollar and the dollar of many in the CFL today. Here is my conversation with uh, the CFL's leading rusher, Blue Bombers tailback Brady Oliveira. How's life for Brady Oliver these days? It's good, man. Yeah, it's uh, you know everything is going well. Uh, I'm in a very good spot right now in my life, um, with obviously, obviously in the in the locker room here with the guys and uh, personal life and all the endeavors I do off the field. Everything is just working. Everything's working very well together. So uh, life's good, man. I'm I'm blessed. Before we get into the football, tell us a little bit about the stuff you're doing off the field in the community with uh, you know with your. your and, Absolutely. Uh, and everything else. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, everyone knows me. You know, the animal rescue stuff keeps me busy. Going up to First Nation communities, helping them out wherever I can. You know, delivering dog food, bringing dogs back that need to be, you know, rescued and and then cared for here in Winnipeg. Um, and then helping out at Winnipeg Animal Services, Winni- Winnipeg Humane Society, stuff like that. And then uh, I'm also uh, an ambassador for the Variety Children's Charity. So, um, actually, a cool thing we're doing every yard that I get. Um, the sponsor is Monopoly Realty. They're paying uh, $5 every yard I get. So uh, I think the tally right now, we're over like 1,200 yards. So whatever that math is there. So uh, it'll, it'll be good. Lots of money going to the kids. That's why I need to keep racking up these numbers. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm doing lots of uh, volunteering with Variety. They had a, a bike camp. It's called I Can Bike for uh, kids that, you know, have never biked and want to learn to bike. So I did that for a couple of days. And and uh, over a couple of weeks ago and helped these kids uh, learn how to ride a bike. So, uh, yeah, just trying to... Uh, you know, I've been blessed with so much in my life, and I feel like it's only right for me to give back to others um, because you know it's what it's what has gotten me here. So uh, I got I got to give it back. You're a young guy. It's 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 
not uh, common that young guys, uh, or, or people at least in their younger years, like, how old are you now? I just turned 26 in, on August 15th. Yeah, and you're mm -hmm. already involved in all these charities and, and giving back to the community. Is that something you were, um, you know, that, that you've always had? Uh, I think it was how I was raised. Yeah. I think it's how my mom raised me and my two siblings. Uh, be charismatic, uh, be a good person every single day, even when no one's watching you. When you leave and you go to school and mom's not there, you know, how, how are you acting, right? How do you want to, you know, hold yourself with, you know, and I was raised to hold myself with high character and, and integrity. So um, my mom did an incredible job raising me and my siblings, and I think that's, we, got, we owe it to my mom. Uh, she raised three three great uh, individuals. So those Winnipeg values. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So things are going really well for you uh, individually on the field, the team as well. You guys have won five straight games. Uh, you're leading the league in rushing. Last year, uh, new career mark for you, hitting the 1,000-yard mark. Uh, for the first time, and this year you're, you've eclipsed that, and, and you're looking to, to have a, a really big year. What's worth it? What, what um, you know, beyond maybe some of the, the things that you've always attributed to, is, is this just because it's one more year of growth? Yeah, I, I totally think that's it. I think you know, every year you're going to continue to see myself as a as a football player, and then and then a leader for this football team to continue to grow, continue to get better, and. In my notebook, uh, for prep every single week, when I write my notes down in, in meetings, I write on the top of it, 1% better every day. And, that, and that's kind of been my, my whole motto this year and, and continuing to moving forward is 1% better every day and, and keep stacking good performances on good performances. And I think continue to do that and have that growth mindset that, you know, by every game you play, you're just going to continue to get better. And I'm still young in my career, um, so it's exciting because I truly do believe sky's the limit for Brady Oliveira. And... I'm not even near my prime yet, so it's exciting. So, uh, yeah, I just think I'm playing with a whole lot of confidence right now. And then also on the same page as offensive line, we're obviously my second full season starting with this group. And uh, we just got lots of chemistry right now. We're on the same page, um, spending lots of time in the meeting rooms. Uh, maybe after practice, we're chatting uh, about different looks and just ultimately being on the same page. Um, we're going out there, and, and they're doing a, a tremendous job right now moving guys up front. And, allowing us to go get those yards. Is it an unfair advantage for a tailback when you got a quarterback like Zach Kolaris? Yeah, I think it definitely takes some pressure off the run game for sure um, with having a, a guy like Zach, the best player in the league, and, and having the talent that we got across the board at receivers. Um, I think it it helps. I, I enjoy that because it does take the pressure off the run game and the guys up front knowing that, you know, if there's ups and downs in a football game. If things aren't going well up front in the run game, at least we can, you know, rely on, you know, Dembski, Lawler, whatever. We got the pieces to to do something in the pass game. So, uh, yeah, having Zach back there definitely takes some weight off my shoulders. Uh, half the season's in the books, looking towards Labor Day and, and the Banjo Bowl. How's the body feeling? Yeah, I feel really good, man. I, uh, I spend a lot of time of just taking care of my body. Um, I have a, a set schedule, a set routine that I do. Um, cold tub every single morning when I get here. I work out first and then cold tub every single morning before I head into meetings and then after practice I do all my recovery again but uh, I've made sure to do that every single day and I haven't missed a day of doing that and I truly think that's what's helping me uh, to continue to come out here week after week practice after practice and continue to go and put out performances like that and ultimately I do that because my teammates deserve it you know I owe it to my teammates to be available every single week I know when I'm on the field I can help this team win football games so yeah man body feels good that's because I'm spending a, lot, a whole lot of extra time here at the facility even, when, even though I could be going home, but you know what matters to me right now is being ready for my teammates to go out there and, and play a physical football game.
what's your advice to, to young guys, young players that maybe don't have the cold tub or don't have the you know amazing facilities you guys have here uh, with the Blue Bombers? Totally. Uh, well, I'm a huge. I, I love the the cold, the hot and cold exposure, and if you don't have that, I mean, most people have a have a bathtub at home. Fill that thing up with cold water, dump some ice in there, and and just start cold tubbing. It's so important for recovery and get sleep. Uh, that's been a big thing for me. Getting into bed at like 9:30 and getting solid sleep in. Um, I think that's really allowing me. And, and like you, you know, you, you got to make some sacrifice along the way. Um, and that's exactly what I've been doing this year. And it's helping. It's definitely helping. So 9:30 to bed. Enough time to watch bonfire sports before that. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. No doubt. Uh, the Rough Riders uh, defense is led by a very talented and deep group on the defensive line. Tell me about uh, looking towards back-to-back games against them. Yeah, they're they're good. Um, you know, with Larry Dean in the middle there and and their D line, they feel like they can. You know, that group could control the football game. So, and I mean, they've done a good job. So we're gonna have a good challenge ahead of us. These are my personally favorite games of the year. Um, this time of the year is when I think the the true season starts. Uh, I'm not a f- fan of the games you just played before this. I mean, I got to play it because it's my job. But this is when I I, I love this time of year. You know, the, the weather's going to start to change here in, in a couple weeks. We're going to start getting cold, and it's it's you know it's bomber football. It's it's our identity in the run game when it starts getting cold. So. I like this part of the season. Second half is always the funnest for me, and these two games coming up, especially uh, you know Labor Day and back here for Banjo Bulls, can be fun. But we definitely got a got a challenge on our hands. That uh, Riders D is they're solid, so we're gonna go out there and give it our all and and play physical. I'll grind them all game and, and go to work. Brady Oliveira, with some uh, interesting uh, insight into uh, his recovery methods. Uh, you know, some advice for the young players out there. Uh, being raised right here in Winnipeg, I think that's such a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, when when, when that's, uh, you know, one of the predominant reasons why he's out in the community doing things, not because, you know, the team told him to or, or others have encouraged him. He wants to do that as, as a young guy, which is uh, pretty awesome. And then, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I had to ask, like, you know, a little bit spoiled when Zach Kolaris is your quarterback because it's not like teams can really key in on him because if you just allow Zach to, uh, you know, uh, uh, utilize the pass game, you know, so it's six of one, half dozen the other, as uh, my uncle used to always say. <laughs> what I love about what Brady said, first of all, there now we know, Darren, why you and I aren't professional athletes. We never did the cold tub with ice cubes. That's what stopped us, right? That's but what I what I yeah. what I love what Brady said is 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 one in his career he's just getting started. He said he hasn't even hit his prime yet. He's only twenty six, and then he's saying, which is kind of analogous, is you know this year he hasn't even hit his stride yet, buddy. Like now is when he starts to Crazy. when the rubber hits the road. He's already leading the league in rushing by hundred by two hundred and fifty plus yards. Like what is he going to do in the second half of the season? It's crazy. Well. It's only they've only had the one bye week, right? So it's probably a reason why he's, um, you know, uh, so far and away ahead of of everybody else. But, uh, but I mean, still, still, he'd is, still be ahead by over a hundred. Is this at least a? Is the are these the early years of a, you know, sterling career? Is yeah. this something that Blue Bomber fans are going to get used to? hitting a thousand yards mid season or, you know, being in, in that vicinity, it, it's really something, man, that he's 26, hopefully, you know, taking care of the body, hopefully that that holds up and he's able to, to turn it into a long career. But w- what a great weapon 
the blue bombers have you know you it's like oh they got zach Kolaris and, and okay they got they got Dembski. he's the best canadian in the league you know people thinking coming into the year right oh they got Ken, they added kenny lawler to dalton schoen there's two guys that could lead the league in receiving uh you know on, on their own oh no it's the canadian tailback the second round draft pick from a handful of years ago that uh is is arguably their their most potent player yeah no he's uh He's an absolute hammer. I always call him the hammer because he loves contact and uh, you just love him for it. You know, I hope his body holds up and I hope he has a beautiful, long career in Winnipeg, Darren. And one day we hold him in the same esteem as we hold guys like Andrew Harris and uh, Charles Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's obviously early, but uh, things do look good. Uh, as far as that that prospectus. Uh, good morning, Roy, joining us from Thailand. Sweet. Good morning, uh, he said, uh, good morning, gents. Yes, great to see you. Great to see everybody in the live chat. Waiters and Andrea and Spency and uh, Sandy. I saw you in there saying hello. How are you? Uh, Robert uh, joining us and, uh, you know, everybody. It's awesome. If you haven't yet, hit the thumbs up. Just do it. Quick and yeah. easy. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, okay. Should we get to my sober second thought? Yes, I'll let's, let's have that now before we get into our awards. Yeah, and and okay, I'll be quick. So as always, folks, I do a question, a concern, and a crazy good moment. The question is, you know, here here's our Achilles heel, maybe. Our kick coverage, Darren. You know, it's it's been weak. Um, and did it, my question was, did it improve this game against Montreal versus the game against Calgary where Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Lewis had like an almost an average of 30 yards a return, which is really bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't improve. Uh, this this week, uh, uh, Worthy had an average of 29.4 yards, and we are still, now we are last in return yardage allowed. So the question is, no, we're not any better. I mean, we, we really, I, mean, I think we, we, you'll talk about this with what you saw in practice, but Tiadric Hansen might be coming back. We need Mike Miller back. Like I think those are two major pieces uh, in the kick coverage game that I think we're struggling there big time. Is that total yards allowed or is it yards per game or per attempt? I think it's total. We're last in, yeah. in return yardage allowed. Winnipeg is, is one of the only teams that has had only, like, only had the one buy. I think that can skew it a little bit but i agree with you i agree with you it probably is an area of concern well 29.4 our average is bad that's that's bad for kick return yeah but you're right that probably skews it you could look at the i think we're you know sort of in the lower third of the cfl for average return yardage um not total but still not good uh the concern i hate to say this I know our friend Sergio Castillo came in and solidified the kicker position, 92.4% in field goals, but he's missed four PATs, buddy, and he's second last in in PAT completion percentage. The only guy he's ahead of, Mark Leggio. Now, the Bombers have scored more touchdowns than than any other team, So, so that could be skewed. He's done it more. He's had 38 attempts. But you still don't like to see him miss those, and I, I would just hate to see him miss one in the big game like Legio did last year and that come back to bite us because that's one of the reasons why we went after Castillo when he became free, right? We just we just we just got him we 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 got him right away when he was released. So, you know, I hope I hope he um 
I hope he solidifies that. Okay, crazy good moment. I'm actually going to give it to Marc-Antoine de Croix from last okay. week's game. Um, a Montreal player. And it's it's the the analysis that uh, Glenn Suter provided that Decroix robbed the curl. So he sh- on, on his pick six in the second quarter, which put Montreal ahead 17-14, their last lead of the game, and the, only, the last points they'd score, actually. Um, Decroix made it seem like he was playing a deep coverage, and then he robbed the curl route of the bomber receiver, and it was just, he just completely fools out. He, he didn't, he wasn't where he looked like he was in the pre-snap read, but then his curls were robbed. His beautiful long curls were robbed because Zach got him back in the second half with a Kenny Lawler touchdown, which really put the game away, Darren, where again, Mark Antoqua tried to rob the curl. And so Zach knew he saw this and he's like, okay, he's not going to play deep. So he had man coverage on Kenny Lawler one-on-one. And of course, Kenny Lawler is going to win a lot of those one-on-one battles. And uh, yeah, Lawler was all alone in the end zone. So Zach got him back, buddy. So Dequa robbed his curl. And then Zach, Zach made him his curls robbed. That's all I'm going to say. That's my sober second thought. Love it. Love yeah. it. I love that you bring uh, that you know, look back perspective to bonfire midweek here, uh, every week. Um, do you want to get into our, um, mid season awards? Yeah, it's the unofficial start of the second half of the season. Uh, when the real season begins as, uh, so many say, um, but, uh, you know, uh, while Winnipeg, I don't think will be in the running for every award, in 2023, like, or at least have a, a good candidate for every award in the CFL in 2023, they do have some candidates that are favorites, uh, at the, uh, the halfway point of 2023. So, uh, while we were breaking this all down, here's a little inside ball for you guys. Zach and I realized that our ballots were identical. <laughs> so let's just present who our, the bonfire sports mid-season award winners yeah, are buddy. and we'll start with most outstanding player uh of course the bombers have a guy that has won a bunch of those even the most two recent yeah it's gotta be it's gotta be by the way we gotta hear your practice update after we do this because we can't i don't i don't want to miss that because you were oh at gosh I, I, i've been i teased it and i didn't even get to it hey eh? you you're you're, uh, you're a tease darren we all know that i am um i am well hey look look if everybody out there lists their uh their ballot mop most outstanding canadian offensive lineman defensive player special teams player most outstanding rookie hit up the live chat right now if you're watching this afterwards hit up the comments down below i read them all uh but but do that and then we'll get into the practice update (laughs) rob mahoney's giving me shit (laughs) he's saying who is this schnitzy guy hey listen dequa played well but i but again uh the crazy good moment was Kalaris when he got him back because Dequad tried to go to the well twice. He got Dequad. He just got Dequad. We should use that. Anyway, Kolaris, Darren, I think like he's the quarterback, right? And it's always going to skew to the quarterback to the most outstanding player when all things are equal because they, um, the quarterback touches the ball most. They're most responsible for winning a game. He's third in the league in passing yards. He has the most touchdowns. He is the second highest quarterback rating in the league. And he, this is the one I love, this stat, Darren. He has the most passes over 30 yards. 
And that's what I love most about Kolaris is if, if he has a, has a, has a shallow look and a deeper look and they're both open and the deeper look is a little, little lower percentage of a pass, he's going to throw the deep look and, and odds are he's going to nail it too. Right. Yeah. Like he's so accurate on the deep balls. So I just love me some Zach Kolaris. Yeah, I agree with you there. Spency asking who copied off of whom as far as our ballots being identical. Full disclosure, I copied off of Zach. I did. Listen, it makes me look good that it was the same as yours, buddy. You you have a lot of the knowledge, my friend. How, you you don't know that. I just said, oh yeah yeah no, I have the same picks as you. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, Kolaris runaway uh, for most outstanding player on the Blue Bombers. Um, Maybe Runaway is strong. There's a lot of really, really good candidates What about there. Willie Jefferson, though? Well, he, yeah, he I your... do think Willie Jefferson's the best player in the league. I do. Yeah. Um, so how can he not be your most outstanding player on the Bombers, then, if he's the most outstanding player in the league? What's going well, on MOP here? Is, MOP is not MVP. It's oh, you're going that way. Outstanding. Okay, you. you know what? You're making me reconsider now. Gosh. <laughs> Live on air. Ooh. And now I'm reconsidering. Maybe we'll have Move. to revisit that next week. Moving you off your post there, hey? Revisit that debate. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, well, that leads us into most outstanding defensive player. It, it's Willie Jefferson, yeah. uh, top to tail for me. Um, just, you know, uh, eight sacks, yeah. 10 knockdowns, a uh, bunch of forced fumbles. He's an impact all over the field, uh, dropping into coverage for crying out loud. Uh, yeah. He's the most outstanding defensive player in the league, in my opinion, definitely on Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, Jeffcoat does a lot. Biggie does a lot. He captains that defense. We've seen guys like Evan Holm uh, really step it the up tarp. this year. The tarpaulin, of course. Um, but you must have you must have just been, you know, shitting bricks when it looked like the tarpaulin was hurt last game, buddy. Like the sweat must have smack. been beating. Yeah, but he came he back. He took a smack, uh, but did return in the same quarter. So yeah. very positive sign there and practicing this week no 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 worse for wear so very positive and, and may have gotten receiver herjie Mayala cut he was <laughs> released by montreal um he failed to make a tough catch on that third and two that fajardo threw to was him was he released by montreal i missed that yeah he was released now he was the guy that uh, fajardo targeted on that desperate third and two play when they were down 30 to 17 when the game was slipping away they go for it on third down which i actually liked because the Bombers were, were going to run away with it otherwise. And they didn't make it, but Mayel almost made a really tough catch on Dietrich Nichols. It was 30-plus yards. I they can't cut imagine him they cut him because of performance. I don't know. You, you, I don't know. No. I don't get that. Canadian yeah. receiver. Yeah. Starting Canadian receiver. Yeah, no, he, I thought he was a pretty good receiver. I mean, a lot of guys wouldn't have made that catch. I hope it wasn't just because of that. Yeah. Uh, as waiters just mentioned there, Demario Houston for something is what waiters. Yeah. Fair. Um, you know, uh, I think he's in that conversation for most outstanding defensive player on Winnipeg as well, but, um, probably comfortable, uh, across the board, giving it to, uh, to Willie Jefferson, um, most outstanding offensive lineman. Mm. How did you come to your conclusion for this one? Okay, so I think the Bombers' offensive line has really stepped it up. They've really, Darren, only had one bad game, and that was the the 30-6 to beatdown in June, June 22nd by BC. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they've been solid as heck. Um, they're third in sacks allowed. Um, they are first in average gain per rush 
So that's a huge stat. Uh, second in rush yards in total. Uh, and Ottawa's first in rush yards, and a lot of that's because Dustin Crum. So that's not from the running back position. That's Dustin Crum. So from the running back position, we're really killing it. And I thought, you know, who quarterbacks the offensive line? That was what I was asking myself. And it's the center. It's Chris Kolonkowski. I think he deserves some love. I think it's only his second year. He He's as last starter, year yeah. at a, as a starter, exactly. Like last year, he subbed in for Michael Couture when he was hurt. And now it's his first year as like the bonafide starter. And and the the unit has very good stats and it's performing well. So I think you got to give him some love. I like that. James in the peg saying Jake. I imagine Jake Thomas, like for most outstanding Canadian. Interesting. I like that. He's actually. got a, he's got a few sacks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, for for me, uh, I chose Kolonkowski, like the Pro Football Focus. Uh, yeah. metrics are there. You're right. It is, um, you know, tackle they say is the hardest position to play on the offensive line. Um, I just think it's time to give some of the guys on the interior a little bit of love. Right. And yeah. for Kolonkowski, uh, to come in to, uh, essentially Wally Pip, Michael Couture and all credit to Michael Couture, great guy, great football player. Uh, and I'm sure he's happy to be, uh, you know, in his home province of, of, uh, British Columbia. Uh, signing with the Lions, but uh, Kolonkowski has just been a rock solid, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, he's centering for the best quarterback running back duo in the league. And they run the ball when they want to run the ball. They pass protect when they need to pass protect. And, you know, he's a smaller guy. Walby and I were talking about Chris Kolonkowski being a little bit on the smaller side, maybe a bit more than a little bit on the smaller side. Um, his technique is outstanding, clearly, because he's taking on the biggest, strongest players in the league. Uh, you know, I, I get that there's double teams, you know, they'll double team Mike Rose, they'll double team Mike, uh, um, Mike Moore, they'll, they'll double team, uh, you know, some, Amando you know, Sewell, Amando Sewell yeah. Uh, yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, he's getting it done. And I think that just gives him the the most outstanding offensive lineman award uh before we do most outstanding canadian which i think brings the most debate uh most outstanding special teams player and rookie Who do you okay like dude those? my rookie is a guy who's put eight punts inside the opponent's 10 yard line which is second in the league and that's jamison not jamison 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 sheehan to be honest, I, I think, you know, he, on the statistically, he doesn't, you know, he's not up there in the top third of punters, but I think just the eye test and uh, just seeing the way the different kicks he has in his arsenal and then the way he, he does, he has put, has puts together some beauties um, in terms of putting them in, in the other, put together some beauty. What am I talking about? But I'm just saying he's put, you know, he's, he's, he's had some really sterling punts inside the opponent's 10 yard line. Plus, I don't know who the heck else to pick as a rookie because the Bombers don't really have any rookies on this roster. It was such a um, seamless transition from last year, uh, Darren. I, I don't know who else to really pick, to be honest. Uh, Celestin Habba was having a really good start of the season, three sacks in four games, but he's he's been injured, right? So yep. um, then you have other guys like this uh, Miles Fox guy who was, was interesting, maybe if he could have gotten the lineup more or... Anthony Bennett, lineup, yeah. he hasn't been in the lineup. Anthony Bennett is a rookie. He was our top draft pick in our first round. I he don't know if Miles Fox is a rookie. 
No? Okay. I think oh, no, you're right. He's not. He was, he was with BC. You're right, because O'Shea said how much he liked seeing him on film in BC. Yeah. Um, and then Anthony Bennett, our first round pick, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's played poorly, but um, <laughs> well he hasn't really stood up. That's beautiful, waiters. Yeah. Time for a almost, sandwich. Almost as beautiful as, Jamison. almost as beautiful as waiters putting all the old bomber full games on YouTube so you can watch well, them careful. without commercials. Don't, don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin oh. it. Um, so and I agree with teams. you for, for most outstanding rookie. Uh, I give it to, to Jamison Sheehan because he's really the only rookie that has seized a starting job. Yeah. Um, and for most outstanding special teams player, I mean, Janarian Grant, w- the way he was playing prior to injury, uh, I think was probably a favorite at the league level. Uh, but I give it to Sergio Castillo right now. I know you... Um, you know, uh, drew a little criticism to, uh, his missed converts this year, but when needed, that's when a kicker earns their dollars when needed, he performs. So, uh, he's Winnipeg's most outstanding special teamer. Uh, I know there's some guys making a lot of tackles, Kerfala, Exume, and, uh, uh, has a few, Hallett has a lot of tackles too. Right. Yes. Nick Hallett. Um, but for for my money, uh, I, I'm giving it to uh, to Sergio Castillo. Oh, um, I'll give it to Tanner Cadwallader. Tanner yeah. Cadwallader. Tanner Gaskill Cadwallader. Don't forget uh, the Gaskill w- with with a bunch of tackles this year too. But uh, still still giving it to uh, to Sergio. So we mentioned Nick Hallett. Um, or sorry, we we mentioned uh, Janarian Grant. Let's get into a practice update. Day one. Uh, wait, ahead, wait, wait, um, wait 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 wait. Hold up. What about a most oh my gosh. Canadian? Whoa, my bad. Whoa, Flag. pump the brakes, DB. I'll take 15. I'll take 15. 15 yard unnecessary Major. Uh, skipping Major penalty. Major foul. Skipping ahead. Um, most outstanding Canadian, I we both had the legend or the, the, the looming legend, maybe. Brady Oliveira leads the league by almost over 250 rushing yards. Get into the live chat right now and give us your reasoning why or if you disagree and then why you disagree that Brady Oliver is the most outstanding Canadian on the Blue Bombers. If you think it's Nick Dembski, let us know in the live chat. Uh, if you agree with us, let us know that you agree. Well, Brady, Brady. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with you. He, uh, especially with the way Winnipeg was been able to just like run it down teams' throats, 10-minute yeah. drives to, to yeah. lock down games, to eat up almost like a quarter of the football game. Um, it's incredible uh, that they're able to do that when the other team knows it's coming. Uh, that's Chris Kolinkowski. That's the offensive line. That That's Brady Oliveira. That's, um, you know, great play calling and uh, great play design by Buck Pierce and the offensive staff. Um, but, but I mean, I don't know how you don't say Brady Oliveira is the best Canadian in the league today. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's no slight to Nick Dembski, who's having a phenomenal year and could crack a thousand receiving yards this year, Darren. But yeah. I think it's Brady. I mean, like I said, he's like like I've said about fifty times, he's leading the league by over two hundred and fifty yards rushing. Now he they played more games, right, than any other team. They're not any other team, but they they played eleven games. A lot of teams have played ten, and Kadeem Carey's been out for a lot of the year. But still, I mean, he's still crushing it. You know, another cool mm-hmm. stat. 
This guy is third. If you if you take into account his receiving yards too and his rushing yards, he's third in combined yards in the CFL, like combined yards, and that's against kick. So the guys that are ahead of them are Alfred and and uh, uh, Terry yeah. Williams, who are Williams, yeah. who are returners. So they're they're Kendall racking. Worthy would probably be in that too, right? He's up there, but Oliver is ahead of Worthy. So those are guys that are receiving and running and also, of course, the kick returns and punt returns. He's up there with those guys. That's crazy. Like, he's, he, he could crack 1,400 yards rushing this year if he continues on this pace, which will eclipse Andrew Harris's best season as a bomber, which I think was yeah. 1,300 and something. Yeah. Uh, great point by Kurt watching live on Facebook. What's going on, Kurt? Good to see you back in. Uh, when Dembski is not in the lineup, it's very noticeable. Yes, couldn't agree more. That's, 100%. that's huge. Like, Great point. who would you rather be without? There's yeah. a good question to answer. Yeah, who would you rather be without? Be without Nick Dembski or be without Brady Oliveira? Um, I mean, it would be easy to say, oh yeah, one receiver compared to your feature back. But I mean, think of it as like you have one play. Who do yeah. you want to be without? Yeah, I would rather, I would rather have Nick Dembski for like a one play situation um because he can kind of do everything yeah uh, he can that, yeah uh gregory Cause, cause he, Nick is yeah. more versatile and more of a weapon on offense yep yeah yeah i that, just that's quite possible i just think that's nick nick dembski gives you the element of surprise because you don't know where he's going to come out of, is he going to come out of the backfield is he going to run a, a post route is he going to just run a short curl or whatever Brady Oliveira, like I like what you said. Like they know he's going to run the ball, and they still can't stop him. Well, the legs and, churning, he's spinning, he's pushing. I thought he had his signature game last week against Montreal. He runs one in, like what was it, twenty six yards for a touchdown off tackle, uh, showing his speed. Right, he's a power back. That's what he's known for, like hammering guys. He showed his speed, and then that, and then that speed out or whatever route it was, which he caught the touchdown pass on. He just raced out to the flats. Nobody was near him, and uh, again showing his speed, Darren. So the guy is versatile. Yeah, uh, Granny Bomber fan Dembski is our Swiss Army knife. Well, I yes. call Nick Dembski the Canadian Army knife. Let's remember uh, the flag that he flies, right? It's red and white, but it's not the Swiss. Uh, no, that's right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are, I don't want to jump the gun here. I don't want to, I don't want a uh, procedure call, but those are our 2023 <laughs> mid-season awards. Yeah. What do you think by your starters? Agree? Show it? Do you disagree? Tell us. Join the chat. Hit the chat. Hit the like button too while you're at it. Darren, yeah. okay. Practice update. Now and now it's your turn to finally get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people in the live chat asking, uh, you know, uh, any chance we see Janarian Grant or Mike Miller soon to answer it in a word. No, I don't think it's soon. Uh, Mike Miller has not practiced or been healthy enough to participate on the field. Um, in a long, long time, uh, Janarian Grant running sprints today, uh, first time I've seen him on the field in a while. Uh, we asked Mike O'Shea about uh, Grant uh, a week or two ago, and it was like, is he still with the team? Is he rehabbing somewhere else? What you know? No, no, he's still here. Uh, and then, sure enough, day one of practice uh, this week, he he is out on the field and and, and running, but not a lot. Uh, probably still going to be a while. Um, 
I wanted to make sure, did I pull it in here? Yeah, okay. I don't know if I have it. But um, Teadric Hansen was really the news today. In pads, practicing, uh, I would say fully, or as close to fully as, uh, you know, he has this year. But first time in pads, first time really participating in practice. Uh, 12 months to the week, he has suffered an Achilles injury in the Labor Day Classic last season. Um, we've seen it now with... Kyrie Wilson and his recovery from a, an Achilles injury. We've seen it with um, Jeremiah Masoli recovering from an Achilles injury. And now Tiadric Hansen. It seems like the consensus among medical professionals or, or the, the, the true experts is 12 months. Like almost like don't come back before 12 months because we have seen that happen and those players sometimes get hurt again. So uh, great news on Teadric Hansen coming back. Boone uh, to the special teams, Boone to the defensive line rotation. Uh, I don't know if he'll play this week, Zach, but sooner rather than later, uh, Teadric Hansen will be back. Celestin Habba, speaking of the defensive line, he was practicing uh, for the first time in over a month today. On the six-game injured list, he has four weeks behind him on the six-game injured list. Four games he has, has been on it. So now that he is in his fifth of six weeks on the six-game injured list, he is allowed to practice with the team. Same goes for Malik Clements, the Blue Bombers' weak side linebacker who uh, stepped in very admirably, uh, I would say, for Kyrie Wilson when he was hurt and recovering. Uh, so he is uh, a week or two away from returning to the Blue Bombers lineup. That is all good news. But Janarian Grant, Mike Miller, probably not sooner then later, uh, Shane Goche not practicing today either, injured a, a couple games ago. Um, did he end up on the one or the six? I want to make sure I get that right. He just came back, didn't he, Shane Goche? Yeah. Yeah, I think he missed a game. Then he came back this past game. He was not practicing. That's right. He was not practicing, uh, practicing today. So, um, you know, the... That, that's kind of the, the picture uh, of how things were at uh, at Blue Bombers practice. Brandon Alexander climbed the ladder today, made a fantastic catch uh, or interception uh, of a deep ball. I think it was Drew Brown throwing deep across the middle, right at the goal line, right at the, the, the posts. Uh, really, really nice play there. Um, what else stood out to me? Uh, it was, well, I mean, the crowd noise. They start pumping in the crowd noise. It is unbearable. And it's interesting too. I've noticed through the years, the Bombers have kind of changed that crowd noise to sound more like an actual crowd. It used to kind of be like cheering mixed with like a train sound and train horns. And then like the reggae, you know, the, the reggae sound like, like this. They play that with the crowd noise, right? To kind of like emulate the air horns. And sorry, everybody out there, if that was loud, but uh, it's literally at the point where like me and DT and John Liu and, and Jeff Hamilton and uh, Ted Wyman were all at practice today. We're either fingers in our ears or wearing like headphones to, to block the noise. It <laughs> is crazy. And they don't just do it when the Bombers offense is on the field. They do it when special teams is on the field, like the punt team and the field goal team, because you know that the crowd's going to be loud for, for those instances as well. 
Yeah, so hopefully the offense is getting their snap count right and cadence, uh, all those things that get thrown off. But that that's some great uh, insider info, DB. Love it. Well, far from insider. Far from insider. Dozens of insider. fans at uh, at IG Field uh, for practice this week, which is uh, which is always really cool to see. Um, do you want to mention uh, that, did you know hockey season is right around the corner? I did. Did you, you know? You told me last week. That NFL season is right around the corner. Keep it locked to Bonfire Sports. We have got Jets hockey coverage. We have got NFL football coverage. New programming coming here to the Bonfire. So fire starters, break in a new lawn chair and join us around the Bonfire for NFL season, for NHL season. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Hope you can uh, come along with us. And if you like that news, hit the thumbs up. Leave a comment. Appreciate that. that that's yeah. always good. Yeah. I can't wait go. to Kevin, find out. Well, I just Kevin want to say was... I can't wait to find out who your NFL and NHL schnitzi are going to be. Oh, will there be a schnitzi? That's a good question. Yeah, will there be a schnitzi for those for those shows? Yeah. Good good question. Good question. Uh <laughs> uh Kevin Sproul asking, NFL coverage this season uh from Bonfire? Oh, you bet. You bet. Nice. Uh, a bunch of people I've 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 found your comments. Uh we're going to get to them uh, after Schnitzi and I do our picks for sia.com/bonfire. You want to get into it? Well, first, you wanted to talk about power rankings. Oh gosh, you're trying to just rip this show up. Well, you're trying to get it out of get it. Just a, tore you know, up. Ba- I just tore up the show plan. You did, but that's okay. Like we, uh, I'm all we over. Had a lot place. going on today. Well, you just maybe you just want to end it. You're sick of my face, and you just want to end the show quickly. No, no, def- no, no. I don't want to end the show. Everybody's having face. a good time. You're sick of me everybody's having a good time. Uh, well, what I want to do is what Zach Kolaris does. Alan Hayes watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Alan? I don't know if I've seen you before. Welcome. No. Uh, hi DB. Does Zach Kolaris have the option of calling any audibles from the line of scrimmage in any given game? Or are most of the calls coming from Bucky? Asks Alan. Buck Pierce, of course, the offensive coordinator. Uh, great question. This is what I want to do tonight. I just want to call audibles and, and freelance a little bit freestyle out there a uh, little and one basketball, if you will. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kolaris is able to audibleize at the line. What football teams do is they will implement, um, you know, there's different ways that they refer to it, but like hot reads, right. Or, or, a you know, a, a fire word, right. So they will yell that word at the line of scrimmage and it, negates the last play or it changes the current play as far as you know like uh the protection uh you know protection scheme that the offensive line and running back are are handling in a pass uh a a pass situation the the run play could change uh you know they could change it from hot routes you know like quick ins from Dembski and Bailey and Schoen uh to you know uh to, to them going long or vice versa saying, you know, like, Hey, you know, they're the, the DBs are playing way off fire, 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 whatever the word is. And that would, you know, indicate to Kenny Lawler or Dalton Schoen or Nick Dembski, Hey, just, you know, quick curl route or whatever they have, those things are in place. So absolutely the center Chris Kolonkowski will 
call out what he sees at the line. And then Kolaris being the quarterback will also uh, call out an audible at the line of scrimmage. It's not as straightforward as, um, you know, we called a play where a run play to Brady and I'm going to, you know, call a completely different play at the line of scrimmage. It's more like little adjustments that they make. Yeah. Good answer, buddy. I love it. Yeah. I've been, I've been learning a little bit of football, you know, talking to people through the years and working with uh, the Winnipeg rifles has been incredibly insightful. Working with Chris Walby has been incredibly insightful. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, you know, uh, try to be a sponge, right? Absorb as much information as you can, but great question, Alan. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, my understanding Uh, is the defense, the defense calls the play first, right? So you're looking to see what the defense is giving you. And then, and then do you call a play or is that where you audible or does the play come in simultaneously with the defensive call? No, they're, it's simultaneous. It's let's meet at the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah. The but, defense but the, isn't. But the defense doesn't, the defense I, like often shows its alignment and then the offense reacts to it. No. Right. That's, that's when a quarterback may choose to audibleize if, if the defense is showing something they weren't expecting. Absolutely. But defenses will also hide what they're doing, right? How often do you see Adam Big Hill, like right up between the defensive tackle and the defensive end, looking like he's he's blitzing, you know, he's he's given the, okay, here I come, and then he drops into coverage, right? Or even the halfbacks, like Dietrich Nichols, who has been blitzing quite a bit uh, this season, last season as well. He'll look like he's shading off of his guy and, and coming to the inside. Um and then end up just covering his man normally. Uh, the safety, you know, is Brandon Alexander coming down? They do all these things to to mask it, right? Um, you know, and as we heard from from Zach Kolaris today, you know, when I asked him about uh, what defenses show and uh, what to expect and that sort of thing, he says, you know, sometimes you never know what you're going to see when you get to the line. So, yeah, does the defense call the play first? I mean, the defense shows something. The offense also shows something. Where's Nick Dembski? Is he in the backfield? Is he lining up out wide? You know, is is Drew Wolitarski in motion? Is he coming down to to crack uh, crack down on the linebacker? Uh, you know, if it's some sort of sweep play to the outside, what's happening? Uh, it's all about reading keys, right? Yeah. Um, and and trying to pick up what the other the other team is doing uh, before they do it. Yeah. Three to three yeah. D chess, as we've talked about, right? Three D chess, I love it, or four D chess, even if four D mm. even exists. Oh my. Okay, oh my. who who's number one in the league, Darren? Is it is it Argos or is it Bombers? Yeah, is it time to reevaluate this? It's tough when these two teams who were in the Grey Cup last year don't meet until what is it? They have September one meeting 29th. this year, September 29th. Yeah, it's you know it's a it's it's over a month away for Winnipeg. Um, I mean. That's a shame, but it's hard to say this team is number one and this other team is number two without them having played each other. Uh, I understand why pundits, so-called experts, actual experts, uh, and everybody in between um, give the Toronto Argonauts the benefit of the doubt because they are the defending champs. Um, You know, they are a team that... uh, uh, really, uh, has only lost one game. Yeah. And that was with Chad Kelly out. Yeah. Chad Kelly did leave that game early. You're right. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, the Blue Bombers are a two-loss team. They did get blown out by a team. Uh, they did have a late game collapse, which, you know, you could debate either way as far as, uh, you know, how, how culpable they are for that loss, um, or how egregious that loss was, uh, Toronto's points for and against, they played nine games. They have a plus 101 point differential. The blue bombers have a plus 119 point differential, uh, but have played two more games. So they are pretty evenly matched. Winnipeg four and one, uh, on the road, five and one at home. Uh, Argos obviously, uh, five and oh at home and three and one on the road. Both, uh, uh, you know, they are incredibly evenly matched, but you know, the reason I wanted to, to get into this today was, you know, should Winnipeg be number one in the power rankings just based on reputation, uh, and, and resiliency this year, or is it Toronto because, well, they've, they've really give given less reason to, to everybody to think that they're anything but number one. Well, and it's going to be real. It's, 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 you're right. It's hard to separate them, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Toronto handles the fact that they've already had three of their buys, all three buys. Now they have what, 10 games in a row or, or nine games in a row to play their eight and one. They have nine regular season games in a row. See, we'll see if that comes back to bite them a little bit, but I think it's tough to say. I mean, I get that the, the Argos are the defending Grey Cup champs, but I mean, that was like one play here or there. I mean, they were pretty evenly matched in that game. Um, and this year, I just think, I don't know, that the argument for the Bombers would be that they play in the tougher division. Uh, so they've had, to, they've had to play tougher competition. Like, you know, they've had to play BC twice. They played the Riders, who are at least 500. Um, they played, they play well, Edmonton's now coming on. They played Calgary twice. I think those teams are better than Ottawa and Hamilton, um, that, that the Argos can kind of pick on. When I looked, when I looked at the statistical categories, like in offense and defense, Winnipeg is ahead of the Argos in most offensive and defensive statistical categories, but it's special teams where the Argos really have an edge on the Bombers. So yeah. in two of the three phases, I think the Bombers are, are a better team, but I don't know. I would give the edge to the Bombers right now, even though they've lost two games versus the Argos losing one. But I just think the strength of the division is sort of in the Bombers' favor. Let me ask you this. If Winnipeg played Toronto next week in Vancouver or in Montreal or in Dryden, Ontario, what would the line be? Who would be the favorite? Like on a neutral site game? I think the Bombers would be favored by two or three points. Yep. Yeah, do you I think agree. so? I, I absolutely agree. Hit the live chat, everybody. Want to know uh, what do you think the line would be in a neutral site game today between the nine and two Blue Bombers and the eight and one Toronto Argonauts? Uh, who knows? We might just see a uh, uh, a Grey Cup rematch back to back, like we saw with uh, the Bombers with and the Tie Cats in 2019 yeah. and, and 2021. Poof, crazy. I got to tell you, as a Bomber fan, it's really made me hate the Argonauts. Like I really, I really despise them. I want. You do. I, right? I just. I want to crush them now. Like I just that that Grey Cup loss, and now they're eight and one with Chad Swag Kelly. Like I just. I, I want them to just make the Argos look 
pedestrian mm. on September 29th at home. It would it would be really nice. And then wipe that smug grin off Andrew Harris's face. Just a smug oh. grin. Oh my. Yeah. Let's get into our picks for Labor Day weekend, CFL week 13 for SIA.com slash bonfire. Uh, it starts on uh, Saturday. Yes, that's right. No Thursday, no Friday games this week. Uh, Saturday, Lions at Alouettes. And on the road, going all the way across the country, the BC yeah. Lions, four-point favorites, coming off a loss last week. They have lost two straight, three of their last four games. That, uh, you know... Uh, struggle for the Lions all started when the Bombers uh, beat them 50 to 14 uh, back in week nine. Uh, but four point favorites in Montreal. Uh, Zach, you and I haven't even like made our picks per se. So I'll just go through these. Lions favored by four on the road. That's an interesting line. I will say that. Bombers open as touchdown favorites in Saskatchewan for the Labor Day Classic. The Argos, seven and a half point favorites as they go down the 401 to Hamilton to take on the Ticats coming off a huge win in BC and Edmonton five point dogs as they are hot, but still the dog in Calgary for the battle of Alberta on Monday. Okay. So you got to make your two picks, Zach. I guess we can, uh, we can go to our picks and here they are for SIA.com slash bonfire. Might I say, Zach, if you if if people can see, you haven't won a game since the Bombers blew the BC Lions out of oh the water. Oh my god, this is embarrassing. So you went from plus four to staying at four to zero to minus four to minus seven. Wow. You uh missed on Montreal. Uh they um they weren't able to cover uh or or sorry, you had them with the points. Yeah. Uh but uh, the Bombers ended up winning by 30. Uh, and then you took the Argos minus 10 and a half. Uh, they were only able to win by eight against the Stampeders. So three units down the drain. You're sitting at minus seven, reminding everybody to bet responsibly. It is fun. It is a game. Uh, that is it. Uh, myself, I have gone 0 for 4 the last two weeks. So not much better than you, Zach, but... Going into the last couple of weeks, I've been playing much, much better. Uh, I missed on BC. They obviously lost. Ottawa, when we did the show on Wednesday last week, there was no line on that game, uh, Ottawa at Edmonton. But I said I would take Ottawa, the points, whatever uh, it ended up being. I think it was something like Ottawa was favored by five and a half. If I remember correctly, either way, they lost. So uh, I wasn't confident, just putting one unit on each. Uh, so I dropped from eight to six. But this week, Zach, who do you like? I always let you choose first. And I know you always like to pick the Bombers. <laughs> or let me, at least let me, the game that the Bombers yeah. are playing in. So so what do you like? Well, like you, you let me pick first and I'm still like sucking hard here, but... I appreciate you letting me pick first. Can you imagine if I picked second? I'd be even worse. But uh, I I will take the Bombers uh, uh, seven points. Uh, I think I think they can beat the Riders by seven, even if though it's on the road in Labor Day and the crowd noise. I just think um, the way the Bombers' offense and defense are playing, and you know they're playing against. J if it was Trevor Harris, I don't know that I would 
I don't know if I picked him to cover the spread of seven DB, but mm-hmm. I think because Jake Delagal is starting, and I think they have film on him now, they're gonna they're gonna confuse Jake Delagal. They're gonna they're gonna pick on him. I I, I think the Bombers win this game easily. Maybe it's close in the first half, but I think they'll pull away in the second half. And I'll put I'll put three units on it because I got to catch up to you. I'm going full tilt poker here, buddy. I'm oh, I'm man. behind by eleven points. I have to catch up, so I'm going to put three, three big ones. So you got ones. Winnipeg minus seven, three units, and then what's the second game you're taking? Do you like the Lions Alouettes game? Do you like the uh, Argos Tie Cats, or do you like the Battle of Alberta? I like the Battle of Alberta. I like the Elks. They're red hot. Uh, I like Trey Ford. I think Calgary's beatable at home, which is what you said. I think Jake Mayer's been up and down. He had a good game last game. Maybe he won't have such a good game this time. Um, maybe I'm on the hype train here, but I, I'll I'll put one unit on the Elks as five point underdogs. I I think you know they may lose the game, but I think it'll be a tight game. They may lose by less than five, or they wait, or maybe they win outright. Five and a half. Five and a half. No, oh, good. Even better. And. Is it five and a half? I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was, oh, it was five. five. Okay. And then you, how many units on Winnipeg? Three. Oh, confident man. Okay. Yeah. Not like you who picked two. Well, you lost twice, but you only put one paltry unit on each. Come on. Where's the one cojones? Paltry, one Where's paltry the cojones? Unit. Yeah. Well, there, Hey, you know, if I, if I might say so myself, there's a reason I caught up to you. Uh, through these weeks, and it's because I put three here, I put three here and hit, all I put right, two there right. and one, I hit on both of those. You know, uh, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to put some units down. Um, okay, so if you're taking those two games, that leaves me with uh, BC home, uh, in Montreal, four-point favorites. Uh, I think BC is going to rebound. I can't imagine them losing a third straight game. I can't imagine them not rallying the troops uh, with where they're at right now. So I am going to take BC with the points uh, in Montreal. I think they win by a touchdown. Uh, And then I'm left with Toronto at Hamilton. Toronto, seven and a half point favorites. Oh, this line, geniuses made this line. That is a great line. Similar to Winnipeg, minus seven. Those are outstanding lines by the odds makers. Um... So, ugh, I will take Hamilton and the points. Of course you'll take Hamilton. Yeah, you know me, right? You love those Tiger Cats. In so fact, my, my, friends, uh, my friends, Andrew and Caitlin, their son, his favorite team is the Tiger Cats. They're Winnipeggers, and mom and dad are huge Bobber fans. I, gotta, I don't know what I'm going to do with that kid. I will put, uh, you know what? I'll put two on each. We'll there see you how go. That shakes out. Finally we'll some guts. Finally some guts. Give me a break. Put your money where your mouth is, units. Your four units. I like it. Whew. I don't think either, well, we'll either of us. Out. And remember, it, it's fine. If you guys want to, uh, SIA.com slash bonfire. And if you use that exclusive link, you help support the channel and you'll get a 100% bonus up to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit twenty, you deposit two hundred to you know uh, uh, eight hundred or a thousand dollars. Once that de- initial deposit clears, you make bets with that cash. They will credit you with a one hundred percent match 
in bet credits to use like real cash to to bet. So if you yeah. deposit a hundred bucks and you bet a hundred bucks, you'll then suddenly have a hundred dollars in bet credits that you can use like real money, uh, up to a thousand, which is outstanding. It's pretty good. Um, at, uh, sports interaction, Canada's sports book, Canadian company. Uh, so, uh, keeping, keeping the cash where it belongs, uh, right here, uh, in our beautiful country. Um, I don't want to jump the gun. I'm going to let you do the snap count schnitzy because, uh, I don't want to forget something. Okay. I don't think we forgot anything. We, we got everything. The good thing. The offensive line is holding you upright, buddy. And the run game's good. We're, we're fine. We can't be perfect. We'd be boring. Absolutely. Who is not boring. uh, If you need an event, Brenda Burns and her team will make it one to remember. Definitely not boring. So if you have an event or you got an idea, call Brenda. Reach out to her team with Event Strategy Productions. Full service event planning, production, marketing, uh, sales, promotion, everything in between. They'll take care of it all. Get ready. Get game ready with Event Strategy Productions. We know what you're thinking. Uh, You can find information to connect at brendabournes.ca. And for those listening on the podcast, brendabournes.ca, you spell Bournes, B-O-U-R-N-S, brendabournes.ca. She is an absolute star. You got to call her. She will help you out. And, uh, I mean, she has worked with Gatorade and uh, the NBA and the NFL and the CFL and the NHL. She represents professional athletes. She has put on events from the smallest community center to the biggest venues in Canada. Uh, She is incredibly experienced and uh, just uh, an absolute uh, gem. So uh, go uh, contact her. And uh, again, if you need it, I'll put the link in the description uh, of the video Pretty much as soon as we wrap up, because I forgot to do that before the show. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, right, one, one, uh, hey. Well, what I, I the chat is the chat is great tonight. Um, if, I don't know who this this Spency person is. I, they may be new, but I, I'm liking what they're throwing down. Uh, no, I will not be putting my mortgage payment on rent, Spency. Uh, on red, not rent. But someone was asking, is Ty? Do you see Tyrell Ford coming back to the NFL before we get out of here? Uh, coming back to the CFL. Yeah, yeah. Do you see that happening yeah. or is it? Uh, Mike O'Shea asked about, was asked about that today. Um, and, you know, he shared kind of what, what people in the know know. And that is if you have received that NFL opportunity, you don't come running back. Yeah. You hang around and wait for another opportunity because you're still on the radar, right? So, um, you know, people were asking about um, Nathan Rourke. Any info on Nathan Rourke? Well, Rourke was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, but cleared waivers and agreed to a practice roster deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So 12 grand a week, not too shabby, uh, American money too, and getting to live in Jacksonville and practice with Trevor Lawrence, uh, and, and work with an incredibly, uh, talented staff. Not, not too bad. Um, I can't imagine seeing Nathan Rourke in Canada this year or next year. Chris Streveler, maybe next year. We'll see. Uh, but to answer Tyrell Ford, 
Um, no, I, I don't see him coming back uh, to Winnipeg anytime soon. Um, Spencey was also saying they should award a trophy to the team, uh, the best team overall. I can't believe they don't do that. So I'm, I'm guessing like a president's trophy, mm. but for the CFL, it's interesting. Yeah, the Bombers uh, would have won Dan Asham. Yeah, just, just pulling up some of the best comments from today. Dan Asham, how do I get a bonfire hat? Hang in there. Stay tuned. Brenda might even help us. Yeah. Oh, no, that would be good. Uh, why haven't the Bombers done any trick plays? Asks Granny Bomber fan. I will answer that question with a question. To you, Zach, have the Bombers needed a trick play this year? <laughs> maybe in the maybe in the BC game, but the one we lost thirty to six. But no, I, I reluctantly say they haven't needed it. But I do. I do miss the uh, riverboat gambler Mike O'Shea uh, trick plays that he would run, like the fake field goal and the fake punts and things like that. But uh, mm. no, we don't. We don't need them. I, I think once he, well, I think he's once bitten, twice shy. I think once he got bitten by the trick plays in the playoff games. Uh, I think, uh, or not trick plays, but he had that, what, 60-yard field goal for Medlock and BC plays instead of going forward on third and four. And then that next year, he had that fake punt against Edmonton, which really killed us. Um, I think he's, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Wade Miller came down to his office and said, enough with the trick plays, we don't need them anymore. I don't know, but I would like a trick play once in a while. Just here, you know, maybe a couple times a season, just to spice things up for bomber fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't need them, I don't think you want to show them because trick plays take time to develop, right? Yeah. And once you show it, then everybody sees it. Everyone can steal it. I think you want to keep that ace in the hole and yeah. use it when you need it. Uh yeah. that, that's that's just my take. But great question, uh, Granny Bomber yeah. fan. Always great good to question. see you in the live chat. Um want to also pull up uh well yeah arlen arlen's right the like button arlen. has been tackled have you hey, made buddy. your tackle tonight get on it do you remember this sack a year ago the debate between brady Oliveira and johnny augustine i do remember that especially the beginning of the year hey like brady was really struggling and i think it was a game in calgary where kevin burgoyne one of the coaches on offense said hey just be brady Oliveira. don't worry about being anybody else but until that moment he was uh he was struggling charlie dufo in edmonton winnipeg sports chapter in alberta what's going on charlie great to see you and uh all the bonfire starters and winnipeg sports fans uh joining us from wherever you are uh but yeah, in Alberta in particular. Uh, Peter mentioned with the crowd in Regina and the noise, how can you not be up for this game? Willie will make sure they are ramped up. Uh, love the the little video clips that the team shares of him getting the guys fired up, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the scrum prior to the game. It's it's always a, nice. uh, a great thing to see. Um, this is interesting. Earlier tonight, uh, Gerald was in the live chat and he mentioned uh, rider fans here in Sask, wildly optimistic about Jake Dolagala, uh, respectful of our defense, hate Craig Dickinson and think their defense will intercept Zach Kolaris many times as they have had the bye. So time for more film study. Uh, Kolaris has thrown some picks as of late, but he was really clean to start the year. Um, Respectful of the defense, no question. It's something I, I failed to mention in the show, Zach. The 
the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive front and their middle linebacker, Larry Dean, they're really, really good. Go and watch the highlights of, you know, you can find them on YouTube or CFL.ca. Go watch the highlights of this past, uh, the, the game two weeks ago, Saskatchewan's last game against the BC Lions. Like it was something watching Lanier and uh, Larry Dean and all these, they, they teed off, they brought pressure and watch how the pressure came too. It's like they bring everybody on one side of the line of scrimmage and then they twist these guys in and bring them in from the right. Like it's, it's incredible to watch Jason Shivers as you know, Zach Kolaris was mentioning in, in, you know, answering my question to him earlier today that, you know, Shivers throws wrinkles and wrenches, uh, at his opponents. And, uh, no doubt they're going to be doing a lot of that in this back-to-back series. Cause you can't do the same thing game to game, game in, game out when you got to play the same team twice. Saskatchewan, they're scary on defense. Yeah. And they're coming off the bye and we know, you know, well-coached teams. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, including maybe Craig Dickinson in that. I'm not a huge fan of his either, but Jason Shivers, I'm a big fan of. I think when you have the bye, you can game plan for a couple of weeks for the Bombers. They've already seen them once this season. I think that's why I'm saying maybe the first half will be pretty close, but I I do think we'll pull away in the second half. But it it should be a great game, buddy, and I can't wait to hear you and uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Walby, uh, talking about it uh, when. You'll go Saturday? Yeah, we're going to go Saturday. Normally we do 3 p.m. the day before the game. We might do it a little bit earlier on Saturday because it's a it's a weekend. Walby's going to join me from Parts Unknown uh, for Game Day Winnipeg and our pregame show here on Bonfire Sports. Postgame, as always, Schnitzi, you will join me. We will uh, spark the embers and get Game Day After Dark going here uh, in the postgame uh, on Bonfire. Um yeah, it's it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. But th- this was a great show. There was a lot to get to today. Um, sure was. And if you missed any of it earlier, go back and and watch. Uh, you know the interview with uh, Zach Kolaris, my one on one with Brady Oliveira. Um, you know, and and meet Chirpin Schnitzi. <laughs> I deserve it. Come on, I deserve it. But oh, I but but on, I man. am. I am at least um, the man and a myth. Maybe I'm not a legend, except in my own You're, mind. But I I'm a myth. You're definitely a myth. Yeah, I'm no a question about that. Me winning yeah. the pool here between us with these units is a, is a bit of a myth. I mean, I'm I'm so what am I eleven points behind you now? Jeez. Yes, I'm. That's I'm struggling. Boat. No, you are thirteen points behind me. You're Ouch. minus seven, and I'm plus six. Oh, you're plus six. I thought you were plus four. Jeez. Yeah. Brutal. Sorry, bud. Brutal. Sorry, bud. Uh, well, on that note, uh, reminding everybody, Jets hockey, NFL football, even more than uh, your favorite CFL team. Uh, we got you covered here on Bonfire Sports. Stay tuned uh, to that. Uh, tell your friends, share the show, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, put it on your Instagram. Uh, let everyone know they're headed out to Regina for the game. Number one, travel safe. Number two, Watch and listen to Bonfire Sports. We got tons of stuff coming this week, a little bit more than normal because we know that the appetite is there for uh, coverage of the Blue Bombers and the Rough Riders uh, going into this uh, beautiful Canadian sports rivalry. I would say the greatest sports rivalry this country has. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great game, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, 
you know, to this weekend and, and Labor Day. Have a great Labor Day, Schnitzi. Yeah, you too, buddy. You too, buddy. And uh, shout out to Section 128, Vicky, Arlen, all my friends there. Uh, yeah, I'm a mythosaur, Scott Roger. Love that reference. You know, I'm a big Star Wars geek. Yeah, now I'm just rambling. I'll just say it, Darren. Sayonara, everybody. Sayonara.